0: Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. You are listening to a podcast by Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. If you enjoy Faith Over Breakfast, we encourage you to rate it on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you and enjoy the podcast.
1: Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Andy Littleton from Mission Church in Tucson, Arizona. I'm sitting across from my friend, Eric Seepin, from The Village. And today, we talked about uh, apps, the Christian life being lived out through apps.
0: And really talked about prayer. And, and
1: we spent a lot of time on prayer, because one of the big apps was Pray.com, which right. led us into a, a nice, um, not really app-centric conversation about yeah. prayer
0: in the middle. Yeah, it's really good. And if you wait to the end, you'll find out some cool stuff about our next podcast. Oh, yeah. So, so. hang in there. Yeah. Enjoy. All right. <laughs> Live your feet out through apps. Exactly.
1: Good
0: morning, sir. Hey, good morning. Good to see you. Yeah,
1: good to be here. I. You know, there's a new a new dynamic going on in our relationship and that's that you've started being here before me and it it I feel like there's been a power dynamic change yeah like you when you got here after me I felt like I had the upper
0: hand the upper the upper hand
1: and now I feel like I'm getting slapped by your upper hand
0: well I felt like if uh you were gonna take over like you have this last week the um Topics by sending like 18 of them <laughs> for us to talk about. Uh, I, I should start getting here early. That's what it's it like,
1: is. Yeah. This is some kind of, there it, it to, is a power there play. There has to be
0: a balance in the force. A, ba- a balance
1: <laughs> in the force. Um, well, hey, I mean, but actually, it's kind of nice. The lights are on in here. You guys cleaned up the place. Yeah, well, that was. A spring
0: cleaning. We, uh, I've been slowly trying to clean this place up. It's,
1: it looks great. Yeah, right? it's becoming
0: a little bit of a studio.
1: I like it. I like it. I like, I like what's happening here. This is nice. Well, yeah, I, I sent you a lot of topics and I, I was not, I actually, I have been busy enough. It's not like I've been sitting on my hands and just going, Hey, what should we talk about? But, Things came across. I, that's I, what you
0: do. I, you're like, I, I think faith over breakfast. What, yeah. what shall I do for faith over breakfast? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I will tell you. I don't know why I did this, but I, I went and uh, made a put a logo in our signature for the email.
0: Oh, nice. I don't know. Maybe it
1: was. I just needed something I could control for like three minutes. I just was like, you know what? I think it'd look nicer if our logo showed up in the that's signature. That's awesome. That's awesome. So there you go. Yeah, that's done, Eric.
0: But uh, speaking of that. People should email us at faithoverbreakfast at gmail with questions because if they don't, we're gonna talk about religious apps.
1: Hey, I think this is a great topic. I so, think it's
0: a good one too.
1: So I yeah, I actually I have not been listening to the radio as much. I I've had little spurts in the last However, Do you years. listen
0: to the radio? Sometimes, yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, I actually, and I think it started because I picked up part of a U of A game on mm. on a good old 1290 or U Arizona, as they now call it.
0: They're not KNST or whatever. Oh, K-nasty. K-N-N-S-T.
1: No, that's not what they say. That's oh. not what KNST is. That's just what I've always thought of when I heard it. I was like, that's... it. Okay. that
0: came out of the blue. <laughs> Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast.
1: <laughs> um, no, uh, whatever, whatever. Oh, is that what it is 1290 I think it might be I don't know I thought it was
0: 940 or something used to be 940 beats me I don't Mm. even know how the radio works I don't either that's why we're yeah okay so so
1: so I had that on and then I just I just switched it to uh, NPR which I I used to listen to more because I liked to hear what was being talked about kind of in more of the culture of our church's community. And I felt like right, that was right. a decent source. I, I would listen to that and a local radio station, KXCI and try to kind of get the pulse. Um, to be honest in the last couple, like the last year, especially year and a half, I haven't, maybe I've wanted to not know the pulse. I've been,
0: you've lost the pulse.
1: Yeah. I've been like, actually I'm going to listen to whatever I want on just music. I just want the tunes that I choose. Um, but but I, I dialed back in, and I was glad I did. I'll tell you what. I've listened to NPR twice in my car in the last week. Both times they were talking about religion, um, and thoughtfully, both times. So this particular time, the first time, they were talking about religious apps, and they were talking about—it was wide-ranging. It, it began with talking about the data that people are potentially— Getting mined for in these religious apps, and right. how that felt very, very wrong. Very like we we always we know that apps and we know that app developers are making money somehow, right? Right. These free I apps.
0: Mean, if it's free. They have to make money some
1: way. But I think people have been very surprised to learn that ones that they thought were just a service to them in a religious way right. uh, were actually getting data from them as well. And this isn't probably true of all of them. And what I picked up, this was on the 1A was the show that did this. It was uh, based on an article in Buzzfeed about, uh, especially pray.com, which I know you have experience with, but uh, it was interesting. They were just talking about maybe the ethics of this and how people, especially when they think this is a religious service, don't expect it. And then they got into a little more of just so, Should religion be moved into this digital sphere? Is this good? And a lot of the callers that were calling in, uh, to me, I, I was hearing that these apps have made it to where they feel like they can have the religious experience without the church. So I want to talk about all of that. Wow, that's, that's a,
0: you're opening a can of worms.
1: I just, the worms are, crawling on the table Eric they're well, in
0: your breakfast they are in my breakfast So All let's start with pray.com because I know a little bit about them yeah so our you, church was an early adopter and, and you tra- you kind of promoted it to me like I, you I do you, yeah you're like are you on pray.com yeah. well no that I think we they approached us we didn't approach them mm-hmm. and in the beginning it was really cool it was yep. an app that allowed our church to log on offer its prayers, and pray for one another write prayers to one another and it became really uh for i'd say maybe for six months people just used it a ton and really enjoyed it and were able to connect and pray and it just was another spot where people could connect intimately and feel protected like you know on facebook i mean you could you can form a facebook group But that means you have to still go to Facebook and it's just a whole thing. Something somehow Mark Zuckerberg is reading it. Yeah. Just
1: laughing at you.
0: So they also had a a, a way to give. So you. you, Yes. You could do that. And on on top of that, uh, because we were early adopters, they didn't charge us any kind of fees. Yeah. At the time. So it was just a win win for us until I. Discovered that all of our prayers were being publicly,
1: yes, they were like uh, on a feed or something. Uh,
0: the, uh, the, you just could type the Village Church Tucson Prayer Pray com or whatever, and you'd find our little web page with all of our prayers on it. Yeah, which freaked me out. So I called them, and they hid it for us. Yeah, but the thing about the and that would have been fine. The thing about the app that really got distressing was they constantly started. They were trying to finance it. So they were yeah. constantly pushing their subscriptions and, yeah. you know, special access. And so you yeah. kind of had to wade through everything then to get to the service. Yeah, that was really frustrating and people stopped using it. And then it dwindled down to basically at this point um, a service where a few people who have their giving on it just left it there and it's an automatic deposit, you know, mm-hmm. and they just don't bother with it. Yeah. And so that's about it. That's about how that uh, that
1: app. <laughs> and the giving part of it's probably a little easier for them because there's probably a general transaction
0: fee that but and they yeah, they probably don't pay yeah. attention to it. And it used but, to be if it got over a certain amount of money then they didn't they refunded us all the fees. Interesting.
1: Yeah, we we actually are currently looking at a giving app um and the reason we are is because it it has a couple of different ways that you can give. It's got, um, like, a, you can choose to round up purchases up to a certain amount, um, and and that one we're reserving for, like, a community engagement fund. So it's it's a way that people might be able to give above and beyond to something. But the other thing that, that's nice, and I actually didn't really want to put up people on there for the regular giving, but they, they're trying to work out a solution for gig workers who have very different amounts coming in um, and for whom it's hard to maybe sit down and calculate out how much you want to tithe or 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 whatever. Right. And they, they kind of built a system that connects to your bank and sees your, you know, when you get your paychecks in and just calculates whatever percentage you put in there for you and makes it easy. And I thought that that's kind of nice. And it's interesting because they're new. They haven't even really launched an app yet. It's just online, but. Um, I have wondered you know what are they going to do to monetize it? what what comes next? Does it get more complicated as time? Because now it seems pretty simple. But the right. interesting thing is there's an obvious way for them to monetize that, and that's in the in the processing fees. And we're used to any online you know, giving, system has those processing fees that's not really used to that that's not really surprising and all the data shows that for churches it's worth it to deal with the processing fee because more people give because it makes it easy right and if one person forgets to bring a check one week that covers i mean all those processing fees are less than that one forgotten check right and those things really affect a church so it um anyway but I but I've had that in the back of my head. Where does where does this go? Does this do they end up, you know, right. kind of overdoing it? And and then uh, the data question probably should always come
0: up. Um, how are they using the tithing patterns of churches, and how are they using on Pray.com the kinds of things that are being said in prayers to build to sell this kind of yeah data to marketing
1: companies? Basically. So I just peeked into the BuzzFeed article, and uh, if we we should try to link those in the, okay. in the podcast notes but the the data that they collected there it seems from even from what they disclose on pray.com is they your location, your gender, uh, your religious affiliation uh, but then they actually did use the text mm. of your prayer to look for more information. Wow yeah
0: so they're mining
1: for information for, for information to, to sell yeah and so you're you're praying about something like grief or loss. you might start getting advertisements for things um and that's and they were facilitating that right yeah, and that's that's I don't think
0: that's a good thing
1: no and and so let's just let's just though for a second zoom out and go, why not?
0: Well, I think if like, you tell why? me that that's what you're doing and you choose to and I choose to do that, that's fine, which I think they are you just have to go Maybe. looking in the fine yeah, print well but that's usually not very ethical if you're following Jesus usually you try to be pretty simple and direct and not deceptive or burying what the reality deep in some text somewhere so okay let's
1: let's play a little i'll be i'll devil's advocate this for a second you like being the devil's advocate I do I do but let's assume the Pray.com people are believers, and this is a representation of the global body of Christ in some way, shape, or form. Right. Okay. So say we were at church at the village, and someone stands up at the end, and and you say, Hey, does anybody have anything that we want to pray for tonight? And somebody stands up, and they say, You know, I, uh, I my car broke down. Um, I just, It's just been so discouraging. You know, we lost our job last week, and— we just can't fix the car. Without the car, I can't go look for a job. And, uh, I just, I don't know what to do. And somebody in your church owns a little car dealership and they go, you know what? Um, I heard that prayer and I feel compelled to, to tell you that I can give you a great financing rate. And in fact, I can give you three months of no payment. Uh, and you that way you've got the car for three months you can you can get around uh we'll take your trade in give you a little extra for it um but it turns out this person makes money on the whole transaction sure and they learned that information from the prayer sure but they are a true believer who really was listening to the prayer and wants to help but also is just trying to uh, make a living uh, as a as a car dealer is that the same what's the difference
0: well, and is that even okay? <laughs> well, my first response is no, that's not okay. Yeah, my my first response is uh, to go back to the sermon that we had on Sunday. Oh, is uh, you know when we've given up everything to follow Christ, right? There's you'll gain mothers and fathers, but you'll gain homes and fields. Mm. The idea there is that in some ways your car actually is my car yeah, and your house is my house and vice versa. Like there's a a collective like letting go and and offering. And so to me, yes, if that's the last resort, okay, that's fine. Maybe if nobody can just give the person a car or give them the money they need to buy the car. And there's no other. There's no other. That's the last solution. Okay, fine. So, but a little a little gray on whether it's right or wrong. But let's but, go with uh, if you want that analogy to play itself out a little bit more. It's not one person with saying that there's three car dealership guys, and now they're all competing to give you a better deal at church. And I just don't <laughs> think that's well. What we're supposed to be doing,
1: and it, and to to tease that out a little bit. The that that is gray whether that would be right or not in in a church community. Right. And the question becomes Is that person really trying? Who are they trying to serve this person, help them, or is it really just about them selling the car? Right. And that's hard to discern. And that can be best discerned within potentially a church community where people are known, right. where you might know the character of this car dealer and go, you know what? They only show up when, you know, they only enter <laughs> in when they're making money.
0: They only show up at the end when the prayers are for the car.
1: Yeah, or, or but I'm just saying <laughs> no. that they're, well that you can see that profit motive in them, or you might go, you know what? They don't really offer this deal to anybody. Right? I think that was generous. Yeah. They can't give away the car, right? But they, I think they did actually flex to
0: help this person. And well, that, I, I you know. would say the that if the way you described it, I, I I think I could say with some certainty that that's not right. But if you if that guy was like yeah i can give this person a really good deal and yeah i might make some money off of it i'm gonna go to the elders of the church and say i want to help this person um is there a way here's kind of what i can offer and still you know not lose money so Um, so is there any way our community can come together and we can make it as a project to help them out in in a
1: healthy church context that person wouldn't just uh, go make the deal to the person it would happen more in the context of some discernment yeah um, and and especially in our case the elders so the difference then in in what would in the scenario pray pray.com com. Is your even even because in my scenario of the church, you didn't go into this prayer thinking somebody might hear this and offer me something, right? Um, Even though I do think sometimes
0: we pray with others for sure. that aim, I think we do. I've never prayed that way. Oh, I can't say yeah truthfully that I've never prayed that way. I
1: don't. I don't. I can't remember a time I have. I'm just saying. But sometimes I think there is a longing that someone in the community might help you. also hear that. And because yeah, yeah, yeah. when you say, I'm just having a really hard time right now. And if everybody just, the prayer was over and they just walked out the door, you go, I was hoping somebody would check in. Right. <laughs> you know? So we are sometimes hoping for a response, but in the pray.com scenario, you're not, you don't really know who is on the other end of this, getting your data to advertise to you. Um, it is almost definitely all profit driven. Um, and right. and there's nobody discerning that. In fact, they're not, nobody's trying to discern. They're actively just trying to get the money from the data. Like right. that whole, the dynamic. So it's not necessarily like bad that in helping you, somebody might end up also making a couple bucks. Yeah,
0: no, I don't think that's a problem.
1: Not necessarily, no. but but the that would need to happen in the context of relationship and discernment. Right.
0: Right. So, okay. So here, let me just, if we're going to take your example, let's just break it down for discipleship purposes and talk about how it should have happened. Break it down. All right. So at the end of service, however you do it, this person stands up. Instead of saying, I need prayer and because I'm having a really hard time. Mm -hmm. They need to stand up and say, here's what I need. Here's what I need. Yeah. Agreed. And then the larger community can say, all right, let's pray about that. Yeah. And then we see what God's going to do and what the community feels it's the spirit is moving them to do.
1: I love that. Can I share a pet peeve? I
0: have. I think you are going to, what's this faith of a breakfast where we're sitting here. (laughs) I have coffee. You have nothing. Two pastors publicly talking about what you don't like. (laughs) And Eric's (laughs) framing this for me to help me
1: discern how to say this. (laughs) Thank you. I, I, I have noticed, and I think it's probably something I've seen in my own heart, which is why it matters to me and why it bothers me when it happens with others. It's not just about others, but when the prayer isn't really a prayer. So there are a few versions of this. One is when the prayer is actually asking for help, but it's packaged as a prayer to God, but we all know it's Mm -hmm. asking for help. Um, The second would be when the prayer is actually giving um, a talk and explaining your view of theology via mm. praying mm-hmm. those words. it's There are times where I've gone, I don't think God needs us to explain the gospel to him. Why are we doing that? It's more, we're explaining it to the people around us via the prayer. And the other time is, I, I don't like when prayer is used in churches as like a transition tool like okay, the pastor is going to come up, so someone will pray while he walks through the crowd, so that the transitions go well. That one probably drives me.
0: The transition prayer.
1: Absolutely nuts.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. There, now so I said it. Now Eric. Let me push back on your peeve a little bit. Pete, push back on my peeve. Yeah. So the, I I agree the transition prayer. Okay. I mean, that's that's could you know that's a that that could irritate. I, I'm wondering though, in the Lord's prayer, Jesus says you know forgive our debts as we forgive those who yeah have sinned against us so um like uh that's an expl explanation yeah. or there there are bits of explanation yep. of reality within prayer I see that I understand I, kind of where I have more of a problem than it used to be when I was a kid an elder would always pray after the the um the pastor's sermon yeah, and sometimes the prayer was a theological corrective.
1: Yes, that's very um, common of worship leaders. Yeah, actually, or it's, yes, the worship leader yeah. would
0: would correct the, the they, or
1: they soften it a little bit, <laughs> right? <laughs> or 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 the opposite, where yeah. they go, Lord, you are gracious, but. Oh, you're judgmental as well. Wow, we thank you for your justice, and, uh, <laughs> right?
0: And uh, yes, you yes, are yes, 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 your
1: grace. But you are a righteous; no one can trifle with you, Lord.
0: And and the pastor's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a bit of that. I, I think it depends on where. And you and I kind of have been sprinkled all over the denominational yes. landscape. So if you get into a Presbyterian church, you're going to get more of the theological prayers. Yeah. Uh Yeah. If you go to a Baptist church, you're going to get a lot of sort of that intense "just." Lord, would you just do this? Would you just? Would you yes, just? The get, word "just." Yes. What?
1: What? It's a is Baptist.
0: It? It? It's a Baptist prayer. Yeah, style. and I
1: find it. I found it sneaking into my own prayers. Oh yeah, it's and it's it's there.
0: It's an interesting. And I think "just." The word "just" is, is it's just a holy word that just creeps its way. Just, you just just, it just just said just, just gets in Just there. now. It just does it. It's. <laughs>
1: I I have noticed and and I and I came from Pentecostal circles.
0: Where, so that was the other one. Yeah, there's a yeah. little bit of a difference there. And
1: and the scripture where it talks about, you know, just the heaping of words, mm. there are folks in that camp that are guilty of that. Um not all. I'm not saying it's that there is a passion within their prayers that is commendable that I yeah. I want to experience more of, but there can be just Just a heaping of words, but the word just as the word like that I struggle with. And so many other words are fillers when you're talking and thinking and you're trying. I mean, right. Prayer can be so performative and we, nobody likes that. I don't think anybody likes that. Right. But you want it to be meaningful and people are listening and, Words like just, would you just, oh, just, Father, just do this. It, It's kind of just there to help you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As, I mean,
0: I have these two views of prayer because one, mm-hmm. and I think prayer in the spiritual realm requires some thoughtful articulation mm-hmm. about how you're talking about God, what you're proclaiming mm-hmm. into the darkness, what you're proclaiming over people. That requires you to think about what you're saying in a way that's got precision to it. Yeah. On the other hand, Jesus invites us to be children. Yeah, and children not only say like and just they babble on about things. Yeah. They don't. They're not coherent. They say things, and they all understand each other and don't mind. In fact, I was talking yeah. to someone who was chatting about how their child uh, they don't understand them, but their sisters. Yeah. do like they get to translate real easy yeah. you know because that's so i think there's this sort of this tension between we are called to be children and we're also called to be like to have left childhood things behind and yeah. to to walk into maturity and so to have a precision to how we're praying over people is also important so there's this these two yeah. things at play and i think some of it is what kind what spaces you're praying in too I, that does matter and and as is always
1: true in in the scriptures, and as is always true in a, in a community of faith, the heart of what you're doing is very important. The, being the child is the heart of just trust and love. Right. And you're speaking to someone you love and you trust. That is one thing. The performative prayer that is to ensure that other people view you as a very spiritual person is another. And that can come from your insecurity. Yeah. And and god knows your heart in this is this is this performative or is this you're just insecure right now and and i think all of that is factored in yeah and again why things in community have a lot better chance of being worked out cuz you could encourage someone who you think this must be just really uncomfortable for you in this you know and you could encourage them in that right or you might see someone that kind of takes prayer time as an opportunity to get up in front of people and look really good. And after walking with somebody like that for a year, you might know how to address it and you might see the pattern and say, Hey, um, I have a suggestion
0: for you. Yeah. Well, one of the things, since it seems like prayer is the thing we just shifted ourselves into a little bit. <laughs> I actually want to go back to yeah, apps, but yeah, get, keep going. Well, I just think one of the things that we do with our kids at church um, when we go over the Lord's prayers, we talk about, we ask them, what is prayer? And it's kind of, we have these mini catechisms in front yeah, of our church. which is really cool. And what is prayer? Well, prayer, the definition that we get them to say is that prayer is both talking to God yeah. and listening, listening to God. God. And I think when I was growing up, talking to God yeah. was what I was told prayer was. 100%, and yeah. I think learning to listen to God yeah. wh- and pray and speak and talk to God are, are important elements of prayer. Um, and I think communally is the, some of the better places to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, partly cause I believe that there's this process communally when scripture is read out loud and then you are quiet and listen to the spirit and you speak out what is, what you've heard. So the spirit is, uh, you know, we're two or three gathered. There I am. There's a, there's this intensity to that. That's beautiful. And wisdom just pours out. Yeah. Um, especially in a, a community grounded in scripture their prayer life becomes very enlightening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you, you
1: all just to commend the village and you've put a lot of thought into this. I think that's something that you've thought through really well and learned to exercise really well. And I've taken some notes along the way and I appreciate it. <laughs> so all right, back to the apps. So let's just let's just talk about this and jo- because the truth is it's not just Pray.com. and no. and I find myself I mean I'm listening to other Christian leaders yes. via apps yep um, or or just let's just say utilizing my de- living my faith out on my device um, I I put a little reminder to do um, a, a kind of Ignatian examination um, in my phone. Through an app, and it hasn't actually honestly helped me because the reminder always comes at a time when I'm like brushing my teeth or something. I don't know, just it hasn't been very effective. But I tried that. I'm listening, yeah, I'm listening to people through apps. I'm a lot of people are just attending church via them entirely, or are attending another church via them or television or YouTube. Um. The, what other way? There are other. There's got to be a number of. Well,
0: let me just tell you as a pastor. Facebook group for our church. Yeah. yeah. I use two Facebook groups. Yep. One for the Christian Reformed yep. Church. One for small church leaders. Yep. Um. So I I get those two. But communicating here's communicating with the church through social media. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, starting as a pastor, I've seen the evolution of yeah. apps. So I used to to go study a sermon have at least a set of books that I would carry with me. Yep. There are many times I have built yeah. an entire sermon off of my phone. Yeah, and, I have and a notepad.
1: I have a, a an app that connects to my Logos library. You have Logos. on my phone. Yeah, I resist. Yeah, <laughs> good, fine. I, <laughs> I don't. It, it, it's it's really helpful to yeah, not have yeah. to lug books around and or to find myself uh, stuck in a waiting room and go, oh, I can do some research right now, and that's nice. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I mean, so here's a, a an example. Like I got text on Sunday or Saturday saying I don't know what day man was Monday I don't know what day it was doesn't matter uh saying hey the word become in Genesis what does it mean more like to it when it says that the man be- and the woman became one yeah. like what does that word mean and and does it mean more and they were asking some yeah. questions so I pop on the you know the, my study like dot org I take a look at what the word is I go begin to do some google book re- yeah. research find some papers on it begin to read it find out it's you know listed three thirty six hundred 3600 times in the bible and then i find this cool thing out that it is the same word that god says to moses when he says i am who i am he literally says i will become what i will become it's the same hmm. word used there and you're like oh wow so I, I'm, yeah. and i'm getting all, that took me 10 minutes right that used to take <laughs> hours right and and I think that there's uh,
1: there are ups and downs to this. Even as I was just talking about doing that little bit of research in the as I'm sitting in a waiting room, let's let's say a couple upsides. Upsides are I can I don't have to carry all my books around to be able to utilize time to right. study. You can just jump in and look for an answer for somebody in ten minutes that used to take hours. Downsides to both of those are it used to be that when I was in that room and I didn't have my books and I was delayed, I sat quietly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that's yeah, that's missing in my life right now. That deep question would have been asked of me at church on Sunday or in a coffee meeting. Yeah. Of yeah. which I would have had to say, well, Let me think I'll about have that. to go home and do some research and think that through.
1: And to some degree, maybe your research would have been the same, but also research when done slowly... It might be more reflective and thoughtful when when you can't just find it real fast. Because I, I wonder sometimes when I find the answer so fast or when I, you know, I have the thought, I'm anxious. I need an anxiety sermon. I'm going to Google Eric Seepin. He's so good at these. Here's one. Boom. 30 minutes later. Okay. Got an anxiety sermon. <laughs> Got my three steps Whew. to not being yeah. anxious. All right. I'm better. <laughs> Are you really? I mean, do, did finding that answer so fast and so quickly and so easily is that really what's best for us you know I I, I,
0: I do these things I'm just I would say yeah yes and no I think if you're in a community that is so committed to massaging these things into their lives that it's not just a throwaway thing yeah um, and they want to like continue to build these walls together then I think yeah it's really right. good but always with everything you have to be cautious. I mean, you don't, because you know what? Also, probably while I was researching that for 10 minutes, then I spent 20 minutes on Facebook looking sure. through the things and something reading stupid articles and finding out about Stephen Curry's whatever he did on the 50, 50 points. 50 a, lot points of, a lot of three you
1: know. pointers, one from the logo, and he uh, was the MVP of the All Star game. Right. I know that. I I didn't want to know that, <laughs> but you do because <laughs> I went on pray.com dot com and they sucked me in. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. No, but no because the algorithms know I've I
0: have some kind of interest in Steph Curry, so I see everything. Right, and, and yeah. so then I get sucked in, and I, yeah. so I think, yeah, the device in the end, I think I would give up the device for a quieter, simpler life. Yeah,
1: maybe. So what? Why not? Why haven't you? I haven't either.
0: Well, I mean, in the sense of a society, I would, I would, if I could if take could, yeah. the the cell phone out, like the the touch cell phone. I, yeah. I think being able to text and yeah. call people, I don't think that's really too bad in society. It's it's what happens when we're doing the advertising and the constant yeah. like commentating yeah. to larger audiences and um, trying to get attention and you know pictures of ourselves. You know,
1: we we had one of those experiences where, uh, and and th- these have been televised. There was a big one at a Diamondbacks game, but we went to three softball games this uh, this last weekend because there was a tournament, and we were given tickets to the whole tournament. Oh, so cool! We went to like three of the ten games with our, with my daughter who's into softball. But we're we're sitting in the stands. I'm trying to show my daughter, like, okay, look how they do. You see how they fielded that? You know, that was that was good because of this or here's why they missed that or whatever. And in front of us are like six or seven girls. I don't know if they're high school or, or even college. I don't know, but they're just doing selfies. You're getting old. <laughs> you don't, you I, don't even, I can't even tell <laughs>
0: college and high school girls. For, and it's just <laughs> selfie
1: filter after selfie filter. They, right. they have come to a spectator sport to only look at themselves. I kid you not. They never watched anything. Right, in it's the just game. something
0: to do with their friends.
1: And, And that's so strange to me, just strange to me. But I also, and then you go, you could have just stayed home. Um, You could, you know, but, but I think the idea was the selfie. I'm out. I'm doing something, even though they don't have a clue what happened. Anyway, that stuff baffles me. But we just, we got my daughter the light phone, which, Mm -hmm. you know, she is like, she's glad to have a phone but she's struggling inwardly because she's the only one that can't look up all this stuff and the only one that does. Sure. Yeah. But uh, but also, there wasn't a minute during that game where she felt like she should pull that thing out. Right. And which was, was helpful, which yeah. is, and made it an enjoyable time as a family.
0: Yeah. Um, and she's got access to so much already. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. There's a computer at home. She
1: can. Right. That yeah. can happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Of course, of course, these things aren't all terrible. No. There's a place for a good app. There's
0: yeah. and, and as with all I love per, the Bible app. I mean I, yeah. I sit and listen to scripture all the time on the Bible app. I I it's do it's great. It's like it's changes your whole perspective of your day. Like you get four mm-hmm. or five chapters read to you and you're like, This is a, just something to ponder all day think about. One of my favorite ones is Street Lights, which um, people
1: people one. at our church well the thing is I grew up on I'm I'm a hip hop kid.
0: Is this us? And it's
1: and it's uh, it's got oh, like hip hop production yes, and I've heard like about this. urban voices, That's right. but it's it's all audio Bible, mm-hmm. and then they have some music on there. I I don't really do that, but streetlight, it, streetlights, yeah, streetlights. That's awesome. It just it engages me though the the music in the background. It keeps and and so I actually listen to the Bible driving around way more because of that. That's awesome. And and actually, I really really appreciate it. I used to when before the apps i had a bible on cd and an old uh, iowa stereo system <laughs> uh-huh. that had a timer yeah and i would play it for 30 uh-huh. minutes while i fell asleep i would just listen to the bible nice. and there's something about when you're falling asleep the how things embed in your mind i i would probably attribute a lot of the the scripture i remember and maybe some of the reason i don't know chapters and verses <laughs> to that being the way i took in the bible um, for years. That's cool. So I don't, I see upsides. Yeah, yeah. In many ways, and uh, but, but I guess it's more just that awareness.
0: So I actually wouldn't mind taking a, a deeper dive in this. Not right now, but yeah. uh, I will send you a series. I will send you Andrew Jones, Buzz, uh, his feed on Facebook. Okay. Um, he is the acknowledged expert on the metaverse and apps and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Um, and he's been—he did the metaverse long before the metaverse was right. uh, ever existed. So, I—I I, I think it might be a good thing for us to chat about how yeah. the church operates in this world, uh, of course. But I would like to change the subject real fast because I just remember that Corey Gilchrist did email us, oh, and he did ask right. about dogs and heaven. Dogs in heaven? That's right. And that's do right. Animals I go mean, to heaven, and dude, and, I. I want to I want to give that one a whole podcast.
1: Okay. Cuz I I, so I honestly Let's here,
0: do that next week. We're going to talk yeah, yeah, about yeah. God's uh, dogs. God's go, and dogs. Gods <laughs>
1: and dogs. Um here's why I want to make it a whole podcast. In my experience of being a pastor in a in a more you could say liberal leaning and urban church. Yes. One of the questions from people who have been exploring faith, that I have heard the most is has to do with the Christian view on animals. I have heard it way more. I I thought I'd, you're going to go out there and it's going to be the existence of God or something, but the one of the early presenting questions has just been, are are animals in heaven, and uh, and stuff like that, and so it's. And it's just obvious when I work at my store, which is in, in kind of a hip area, there are so many animals. We, everybody knows that if you sell animal accessories, you will get rich. It's, we love in this culture we're in love animals and, uh, and, and to the point to where other cultures would just think we're crazy. And, and my family is super this way. We have, we just, we're into animals so I've given this thought. I, I think we could spend a podcast on it.
0: Yes. And uh, have you ever been called to pray over an animal and lay hands on an animal and anoint it? Um, no. I have. I, But I have been asked, and I indeed
1: did, uh, a memorial service
0: for, a, for dog. a dog nice so we can talk about wow that. we've got the, some there's good, there's you a and whole i have had some fun animal experiences there's a whole podcast in there all right so Corey gilchrist we got your question <laughs> and we <laughs> are going to prepare next week a, a podcast just for you and your family on do dogs and animals go to heaven yep
1: that's that's it okay well eric thanks for being with me man and
0: yeah this is good, good. conversation yeah yeah
1: and, uh, of course, as with Corey, who we just mentioned, you can always email us your questions. Faith we'll send you a book. At gmail.com. We'll send you we a book. We have awesome books. Yeah, we do. That we've read many times that we're done with that we're, we could give to you. And, and it, let's share the wealth. So, yeah, yeah. Well, if, you sen- if you send us a question, Free we'll get book. you a book. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to Faith Over Breakfast with Pastor Eric Siepen and Pastor Andy Littleton. Please share us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you.